Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell here with another podcast about the people who make good journalism. This is a little bit different type of podcast. I actually conducted this interview for a story that I was writing for the IU, the Indiana University Alumni Association. They're publishing a special edition uh, this summer that uh, highlights some of the uh, Indiana University graduates who do podcasts. And they'd reach out to me. They knew that I'd written a book about podcasting to see if I'd want to write the story. And it was great. And I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of great IU grads who, who've got these wonderful podcasts. And so today we're going to be highlighting one of those interviews. Erica Mandy, I actually saw her or listened to her uh, give a presentation last year at Podcast Movement. Uh, she is the host of The Newsworthy, which is a great little podcast. It's a weekday podcast. It's every day for five days a week. It's a 10-minute news wrap-up show, sort of a digest. It, it, it's a great little uh, podcast. It's something that I've talked about in my uh, class at American University as we kind of explore the different ways that newsrooms can use podcasts. This is a, a great way to sort of provide a, you know, a news report, a daily news report for people who just want to get you know, in and out quickly to get their get the latest news on, on, on things that are going on. So we had a great conversation with Eric. I think you're going to enjoy it. Before I start that, I just wanted to say I'm going to have an announcement at the end of this podcast, so please stick around, and uh, I've got some things to, to share with you. Enjoy this conversation with Eric Amandi of The Newsworthy. Tell me about your podcast. You know, how would you describe to someone? Sure. So the Newsworthy is all the day's news in less than 10 minutes in what I call a fast, fair and fun way. So fast is the less than 10 minutes part. Fair is it's fair and unbiased. I think it's really important that I let people know you're not going to hear arguing pundits and, you know, have political fights on this show. You're just kind of get the overview of what's happening and we're going to move on. And then the fun part is that I try to bring a really friendly, upbeat voice to the news because one of the reasons I started it is that everyone was telling me that I knew that they were tuning out news because it was too depressing and overwhelming. And so I try to take that out of it and say, okay, here's what's going on, like I'm your friend. And you know what? It's not just doom and gloom. There's also tech things happening, business things, entertainment things that are interesting and impact our lives that aren't just the political and the depressing. <laughs> but that's included too, because you want to be informed on the important stories. As more people, you know, more newsrooms you know, turn to podcasting as a way to sort of augment the the coverage that they're already doing. They're kind of easing into this this idea of, well, we need to provide analysis. We need to have pundits, you know, speaking. You know, we need to do, you know, these sort of longer form conversations or, you know, to bring in different voices and things because that's what people really want in podcasts. Your podcast seems very different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a place for both. And I, you know, I know some of my listeners have told me that they listen to my show and another podcast that dives into one or two stories of the day. And they have time for both because guess what? They're both 15 minutes long. And one dives into one story. I dive into eight to 12 stories a day. But I think there's also a place for people to have the big picture and be informed about everything that's going on and not just have to dive in really, really deep, but kind of see the the big picture and the overview of a lot of different things. The other piece of what I try to do is break down what we're talking about. I think sometimes journalists assume that everybody knows 
what they know about news. We're in it every single day. We are following stories, like all the updates every day. Our listeners are maybe not doing that. And especially if you're not a news junkie already. And so I try to keep that in mind. You know, I'm going to give one sentence. Every time I bring up the Russia investigation, I'm going to give you one sentence reminder about what that is. And it's not to say that people aren't smart or they're not paying attention. But sometimes they have other things going on in their lives and news isn't as important. And I think sometimes we gloss over that. And so I try to say, I'm your friend. Here's what's going on in the world. I'm going to break it down and make it simple and easy to digest in less than 10 minutes so that you can be part of the conversation. If you're interested in any of these stories, because you're getting an overview of 10 of them, then by all means, go look more into the stories that interest you the most. And I think, you know, a podcast is a perfect medium for that, because unlike, you know, radio broadcast or, or a television report where you're, you've got these time constraints, there's so much flexibility on it. There's flexibility to go long, but there's also, the, I think, this growing flexibility to go shorter, to be more targeted, to, you know, serve different needs for the consumer. You know, yes, it's important for the, the consumer to, you know, get a sort of a full understanding of what the, the big story is, but I think there's also a need uh, to create, you know, these sort of micro podcasts that, you know, offer sort of briefs, you know, give people who are coming to the podcasting space, not just one type of, you know, news content, you know, here's different types of content for different types of the times of the day. Exactly. And when we're rushing around in the morning, you know, we don't always want to dive deep into that one really serious story. We don't want to always start our day with that. And so I figure if people want to listen to a quick show, during their morning routine, and then later, you know, on their drive home, listen to the more in-depth one. I think that happens a lot. And the again, the beauty of podcasts is that we're still kind of making up the rules and experimenting and seeing what works. And so I think it's exciting to see the the wide variety. And the other thing is smart speakers do tend to, people are listening to shorter podcasts on smart speakers. Some statistics have shown that. And so I think there's an opportunity there. And in fact, some flash briefings, as it's called, if you're familiar with Amazon Alexa and flash briefings, if you say, you know, what's in the news, you can actually set it up so that you have different things like news, weather, sports right in a row. Well, that a lot of times requires that it's less than 10 minutes. Uh, and so they don't want really long podcasts on your flash briefing as it's supposed to be kind of a morning update. So I think there's an opportunity there for shows like mine as well. Yeah. And you're not the only one doing it. I know, for example, that NPR, they package a short newscast that uh, people are able to access through their Alexa device and other smart speakers. I, you know, it's, it, but, but the trick is, you know, getting your content ready, getting it in a format that's going to fit in that space to serve that need. You know, when I was working at uh, federal news radio, there was, you know, we did our daily newscast, but, you know, there was an interest in, you know, the broadcasting industry of trying to, you know, you know, maybe radio stations are, are, are losing their, their listeners because listen, people who listen to radios tend to be, tend to be older and that audience is sort of diminishing. And so the trick is, is, you know, how are we going to get these younger listeners? And, you know, for radio people who see the smart device, you know, this is this might be that entree, maybe as, you know, these smart devices not only bridge what you listen to at home, but, you know, soon they're going to be, you know, that you'll be able to access these apps in your car. That's that's just going to be sort of a, a way to to bridge from the home to the to the house to wherever you are. So but the trick is, as we as I said a minute ago, getting your content in that format. 
So anyway, let's back up a little bit. I'm doing this conver this conversation for the IU Alumni Magazine. So tell me about your experience at IU. When were you at IU? What what did you study? Sure. So I graduated in 2007. Um, I studied journalism. And at the time, it was Ernie Pyle Journalism School. I remember going into the journalism school, not knowing really if I wanted to do magazine or broadcast. And I loved that I got a few classes in all the different areas of journalism. And that really helped me recognize in myself that I wanted to pursue broadcast journalism and being in, you know, one class where we got to put together the audio and the writing and the video and just feeling like it was all clicking. And so that was super exciting and, and beneficial to me to kind of explore the space of journalism and then be able to go down the one path that I think fit me the best. Yeah, it's exciting for me to talk to another IU Ernie Pyle alum. Yes, you know, I, I graduated <laughs> way back when, probably shared a lot of the same experiences. Hopefully you guys are a, a little more uh, digital focused than, than I was. I remember we had the I, I'm so far back. I, I remember the, the first computers coming into the newsroom and they were very, very, very basic. But anyway, in at IU, you know, we used Final Cut Pro. And so I uh -huh. learned how to edit on nonlinear. And then I went to my first job and they still had tape to tape. And yeah. so I actually went backwards when I left IU, which was hilarious. And I had to learn the old way of editing. And of course, eventually those broke down and they replaced them. But uh, I just thought that was so funny that that there were still stations with tape to tape. But I was glad to learn the new way at IU. So tell me about your journalist journey then from going from IU to, you know, launching your podcast. Yes. So I actually got an unpaid internship uh, one more after I graduated from Indiana. And that helped lead me to my first job. One of the photographers at the internship kind of helped me with someone who he used to work with that was now the news director. And so I got my first job in Columbia, Missouri, market, what, 135 as a part-time reporter making $10 an hour and eventually worked my way up to the main anchor in Columbia after four years, then went to Portland, Oregon. And then I got a freelancing and then staff job in Los Angeles at CBS. So I was at CBS LA for a few years and had been in the industry a little over 10 years total at that point. And I kind of looked around and realized that the younger demo was no longer watching TV news as much. And the people that I was talking to really kind of said four main words that I heard over and over, which was news is too depressing. So I'm tuning it out. It's too overwhelming. It's boring and it's time consuming. And I wanted to help people stay informed with what's going on in the world, but bring it to them in the way that they want to consume it. And so it was kind of me wanting to help them stay informed and also stay on top of journalism trends and make sure that I'm paying attention to what's going on in the industry and what the younger generation wants. And so it also came at a time in my life that was really perfect to go and take a risk and see what I could accomplish on my own in, in creating something new. And recognizing that there really was no thing like I wanted to create. At the time, there, were, there weren't really any daily news podcasts out. I kind of had this idea before we even saw a daily news podcast from the New York Times and NPR. And then I had to wait to actually wait till my contract ended at CBS and I couldn't really do much with it. But once that contract ended and I was able to leave, 
I launched the Newsworthy. And even though at that point, there were some daily news podcasts that had come out in recent months, there was still nothing that really catered to the person who didn't want the typical news style, kind of the NPR monotone voices. I mean, NPR is great and does incredible things for the right audience. But I felt like there were people who wanted something a little bit different. And there was really no podcast, on-demand podcast that provided news in a more friendly, casual way. And so I was really excited to be that person, to bring my traditional experience with my unique voice and personality and see what happens. You know, I mentioned this before we turned on the microphones, that when I was teaching my class last fall at American University, I had pulled your podcast as an example of, look, you know, news podcasts aren't just one thing. You know, podcasting is an incredibly diverse medium. There, there are so many different possibilities. So something like yours, I found very exciting that, you know, here's a niche that people aren't thinking about, but but it's serving a need in, in the audience. So, you know, who do you see as your audience? It obviously is very broad. And I have women, men, all ages that listen because I hear from them. And I'm so grateful to all of them. But I kind of see the ideal person as this young professional woman who is maybe a parent, but or maybe just is really busy at work. And they are trying to keep it all together. They're trying to keep up with the conversation, but they're busy. They're rushing around in the morning and they have a million other priorities in their life. And so I'm helping them go to happy hour and know what's going on. I'm helping them kind of be interested in the topics that are important to them and stay up to date with them. But you know, what really has been so rewarding in this whole process is hearing from those listeners. And they really are such a wide variety, which is pretty neat. I've heard from people who voted for the first time last November because they said they finally felt like they knew what was going on. I've heard from people who say they have less anxiety in their lives overall because I make news a little bit less depressing for them because there really are people who get very, very overwhelmed and anxious about all of the nonstop terrorism and politics and fighting and all of these things. And so I try to bring what they need to know in a lighter way that they can consume on a daily basis without feeling overwhelmed. And so hearing from all the different listeners who who don't have time, but still want to be informed is is really why I've kept at this and want to continue to see where it goes. So your, your podcast generally is under 10 minutes. Could you sort of talk about the structure of it? You know, if somebody listened to it, what can they expect? Sure. So I usually have about eight to 12 stories I try to bring what are the biggest, most important stories of the day that people are going to be talking about that you really should know that really impact your life. Then I also look at what other types of stories that maybe aren't as big, but still impact your life. And a lot of times that's the tech industry, business mergers, those sort of things. Then I also looked at like, what's just fun that also makes this a little bit lighter, that's interesting, that's a good conversation starter. So that can be anything from entertainment to the Grand Canyon National Park, you know, just had its 100th birthday from when it became a national park. So these other little interesting things in combination with some of these big stories that you need to know that are whether it's what's going on with the Catholic Church and some of the sexual abuse things and some of those big stories, but also the the fun stuff that and, and guess what? They can be combined in less than 10 minutes and you can get an overview of all of them at once. OK, so so tell me about your your production process. When do you start writing the day's reports? When do you do your reporting? When do you when do you post the podcast? For a long time, I was running a lot of it on my own. And so I did all the 
business side of things, the marketing side of things in the first half of the day, and then really turn to writing the show at about three or four in the afternoon Pacific time. So I'm on the West Coast, which helps me because I publish it in time for the East Coast to wake up at four in the morning and have it be ready to go. So I work on it the night before. And so I usually start about in the afternoon, just looking at what's going on and getting the rundown together. I now have a writer that helps me every day. And so she's also been looking at the stories, starting to write the stories. And I come in checking everything for accuracy, for style, for what else is going on. And throughout the afternoon into the evening, I'm looking at everything that's going on. I record usually about 10 at night Pacific time and then edit it, get everything together. I send out an email newsletter, put show notes up on the website, do all of that stuff. And so basically everything's ready to go by one in the morning. Pacific time. Again, that's four in the morning East Coast time, which I know I have listeners that wake up really early on the East Coast and listen to it right away and appreciate the fact that there is something available so early. And so you are, I'm talking about the news that's happened within the last 24 hours, starting at four in the morning Eastern time. You know, that's not much different than what a lot of people that turn on the morning news on their radio are going to get. They're going to get sort of pack a package of of things that had happened, you know, yesterday afternoon and, and maybe even into the evening. If you're used to listening to the the news in the morning, you know, it's there for you in your podcasting feed. So, you know, has has the format changed at all in the time that you've been doing it? The only thing that's changed is in January of 2018, I launched what I call Thing to Know Thursdays. And that is on Thursdays only. We hang hang out for a little bit longer after the 10 minutes of news. And I talk to one expert about a different topic every Thursday. And I did this for a couple of reasons. One was just to provide a little bit more context to a different topic every week. And so they're usually about five to seven minute long interviews that the listener can choose to stick around for or not, depending on if they are interested in it. But I also did it because I think this, as somebody who doesn't have a lot of marketing dollars, this was a great way to get the expert or the other person that I'm talking to, to share the episode with their audience as well. So it was kind of killing two birds with one stone that it was a marketing thing and a great way to provide additional content to the listener. And I wanted to experiment with it. When I launched it, I said, let me see how this goes. And then I heard great feedback that the listeners really liked it, that they, and I saw that Thursday's episodes were actually getting more downloads than earlier in the week. And so people were tuning in to kind of hear what that topic would be, but still felt like, you know, in 15 minutes or so, they can still get all the news plus a little extra and be done. So that is really the only thing that's changed uh, since I launched a year and a half ago. You know, let's talk a little bit about podcasting in general. We we sort of touched on it in our discussion up to this point. But, you know, you've been doing the podcast for about a year and a half or so. What do you think of the, the state of podcasting? Has your view toward it changed any now that you've been doing a podcast? So the reason I got in in the first place is noticing that while obviously radio was is much bigger than podcast listenership, that is shifting. Radio is declining, especially in the younger demographics, and podcast is going up. And so I just saw an opportunity to be on the side of the, the trend that was moving in the right direction. And so ever since I started, I think that's only become more true. I think the mainstream media is talking more and more about podcasts. We just saw Spotify buy up two podcast networks for 
millions of dollars. And so I think that's going to bring more listeners as Spotify does that push. Pandora is doing a big push to get their 75 million active listeners into podcasts, many of them who have not listen to podcasts before and they're more listening to music. And so I think with smart speakers, I mean, I think there is just such an opportunity uh, to see the industry grow and grow. And I'm excited that I'm already in now um, to be part of that kind of movement. And yes, podcasts have been around for much longer, but I think right now is the really exciting time for podcasts. So is there anything that surprised you about, you know, about doing your podcast? You know, I think... I think for me as a journalist, the kind of most surprising learning experience has been just on the business side of things, you know, becoming basically an entrepreneur at the same time as becoming a journalist. And so that's been really fun, but also really challenging. And I actually think that it's really good for journalists to pay attention to that a little bit because it does impact where our industry is going and what we can do to make sure that people are getting their news and staying informed. So I would actually encourage whether you are an independent journalist or working for another corporation or uh, organization to start paying attention if you aren't already to the industry and, and the business side of things and how you can kind of be part of that in some way, you know, obviously without the, the conflict of interest. But I think that has been a big learning experience in in a good way for me. You know, I hear that sometimes with a lot of people who go end up, you know, launching their own project that the entrepreneurial side is the thing that they may not always have the the roots in. And, and that's really the kind of the steep climb is that they have to, you know, pick up these business skills, these marketing skills to, you know, so that they can sort of fulfill their dream. Because unfortunately, journalists don't always get taught or they don't always learn the business side. And I think that's, you know, Personally, that I think that's part. That's a problem. That, that I do needs too. To be I think addressed. so too. And and I was interested in it. You know, I actually did a business minor at IU, and then when I was working in Portland, Oregon, I don't even remember how it got started, but I took it upon myself to create a startup beat within the Portland community, and I kind of did a blog, and I would do some stories about startups in Portland. And so I think I've always been interested in what's going on with new businesses and entrepreneurship. But it wasn't until I launched my own thing that I I really dug in into how to do it myself. But the cool thing about being a journalist, anybody that's listening that's a journalist knows that we're really resourceful. We know how to research. We know how to learn things very quickly. And so that's been a huge help. You know, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone. I'm not afraid to figure out something and do it that day. And so I would say that journalists are really good at it. We just have to take the time to learn it. So have you had any interesting experience or some something surprising, unexpected that's happened with your podcast? You know, when, before I actually launched, I didn't really have anything set up to do to have like my my studio and and all of that. And so I just wanted to do a little test week for friends and family. So it was the middle of the summer I wanted the audio to sound decent. So I literally just had one of those big furry blankets and put it over me to kind of make sure we got rid of any echo and did this my trial show under this big blanket that I could send to friends and family. And, you know, I'm sweating and trying to to talk about the news under a blanket. And so it's just funny to look back on that now and say, like, I started it with with nothing <laughs> and and kind of talking in a room under a blanket. And, you know, 
a year later, actually not even a year later, a couple months later, you know, my show was featured on Apple Podcasts next to these huge multi-million dollar, you know, news organizations. And so it was just really, it's really cool to see like what you can do when you put your mind to it, when you create something that you really think can make a difference and, and then let the right people know that it exists. And then before you know it, you know, it's featured and getting strangers to listen to it, which is pretty cool. And the fact that you put some thought into creating something that that you saw a need for and that, uh, you know, delivering it to an audience uh, and then recognizing it. So, you know, what would you say you know, to, to encourage people to, to listen to podcasts? Why should they listen to podcasts? Well, I think it goes back to all of us trying to do a million things each day. And the cool thing about podcasts, if you haven't listened that much before is that you can listen while you're doing other things, while you're making coffee or breakfast, while you're driving in the car. And so whether you listen to my show or something else, I think people are missing out if they aren't listening to podcasts, because whether you want to learn something or be entertained or get the news of the day, you can do that during a time that otherwise would be very unproductive. I actually got my husband listening to podcasts for the first time when I listened to my show. And now it's hilarious because he listens to podcasts more than I do. I, If he's in the shower, if he's driving in the car, I mean, he is never not listening to podcasts now because my show was kind of the gateway to discovering all of these amazing shows that are out there. And so I think there's just it's just that education piece of like, try it out. And you may be surprised. It's not a lot of people have misconceptions about what a podcast is. They think it's just talk radio all the time. There's so many different shows for different audiences that I say you find one that you love and before no, before you know it, you'll be listening to 10. Erica, thanks for coming on the podcast. You're really an inspiration to your fellow podcasters, your fellow journalists, your fellow entrepreneurs out there. You know, if you, if you see something that's missing, go out and make it, find an audience and grow it. The fact that you identified something that, you know, a gap in journalism that could be addressed in the podcasting space. I think it's, it, you know, that's a, that's a great thing. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to that interview with Erica Mandy. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to her and the other people who were involved in the article I wrote for Indiana university's alumni magazine. I'll be sure to share out a link in social media when that article drops so you could uh, learn a little bit more about Erica, but also some of the other people that I interviewed. The special announcement that I wanted to include in this podcast involves an email that I got. I received an email from a reporter in Iceland. I'm going to let her introduce herself because uh, I can't pronounce her name. <laughs> so here is her introduction. My name is Aðalheiður Ámendadóttir reporter at Fréttablaðið in Iceland. So as you can see, I'm pretty challenged with English as it is right now, and I wanted to make sure that we identified her properly, and this seemed to be the, the most expedient way to do it. The email that she sent, you know, besides complimenting us on our podcast, which we always love to hear about, actually was, uh, you know, she was looking for podcasts that we might have done about different types of apps and tools uh, programs that, that uh, journalists are using to help them do the good journalism that they're doing. We've done a few podcasts in the past where we've talked about different types of program, but nothing sort of we'd call a journalist resource. And there's certainly journalist resources out there that you can find online. 
But it got me thinking that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to reach out to our readers and ask them to share, you know, what tools are you using? What, what things that you find very useful that you think that you'd like to share with other people? So I've created a short five question questionnaire a survey on our website. Uh, I'll include the link in this week's podcast episode as well. And, uh, you know, follow the, follow the link, fill out the survey, let us know what, you know, tools that you're using in your office that help you, you know, with your workflow, help you, how do you scrape data? How do you, you know, turn data into data visualizations, you know, those types of things, even something as similar as as an effective calendar or uh, a messaging program like Slack, you know, let us know what you're doing, what you're using and and how you're using it. And uh, we're going to sort of assemble this and we'll create a a podcast episode out of it, of course, but also, you know, put this, all these resources online so that we can all share them to sort of sweeten the deal. We have a bunch of these, it's all journalism coffee mugs. So if you fill out these surveys and provide us some information that we asked for, we'll ship these mugs to you as long as uh, supplies last. So, you know, what could be better than that? You can find out more about It's All Journalism if you go to our website, and you can also download past episodes there, itsalljournalism.com. It takes a lot of people to put together a podcast of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco is our producer. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Amelia Brust helps with our booking, and Nicholas Hunter provides a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. 